Baliktad na ang mundo. Ang podcasters naman ang makikinig sa inyo. Tell us your thoughts in the survey for a chance to win a cash prize. Be honest, ha? Answer the survey at www.surveypilipinas.org at automatic pasok kayo sa raffle. Get a chance to win 5,000 pesos in cash. Make sure na kompleto ang mga sagot nyo para qualified ang entry nyo. Excited na kami sa feedback nyo sa amin. We are listening. Just go to www.surveypilipinas.org at baka ikaw na ang next winner. Hi guys! Welcome to Soulful Feast. Bite-sized information to nourish your body, mind, and your spirit. I'm your host, Stephanie Zubiri, and everything on this podcast is meaningful to me. And it's all about choosing me. We are going to explore why choosing yourself, no matter how hard the decision, is going to be the best decision that you make. And we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the people around us to be the very best version of ourselves. So what does it mean to choose ourselves? I think us women, we tend to be self-sacrificial. We are taught that we have to sacrifice ourselves to show love, but I'm here today to show you that that is not the case, that by choosing ourselves, by being quote-unquote selfish, is actually the best thing that you can do for your loved ones. You know, Carl Jung, a very famous psychologist, once said that there's no greater burden on a child than the unlived life of a parent. Isn't that crazy? Those, those words were one of the things that really resonated with me when I had to make some big decisions in my life. And I'm announcing here today, very publicly, that yes, I am Stephanie Zabiri. I have been married twice. Yes, not once, but twice. And I've also been separated, divorced, annulled from my ex-husband twice. The first time I was very young and very unhappy. And the second time was a much harder decision because I actually had children. But you know what, guys? The best decision I've ever made. My children are flourishing and so am I. And today to share with you her journey, and I'm sure we'll have lots to relate with. I have a really dear friend of mine, a mom of three a content creator, and an entrepreneur, Mikaela Lefeo. Hi, Steph, and hi, everyone. Wow, this is major. Because, <laughs> you know, it's something that, you know, it, it's not really wildly accepted, like widely accepted here, especially in the Philippines. It's so controversial. And it makes me think, why? Like, it is such a real issue that so many women and so many couples are, like, struggling with. And I think it should be talked about because it's one of the toughest. It is. And you know what, guys? For the first time, I'm going to stand here with you and we're going to talk about it with no shame. Yeah, Because exactly. I think for the very longest time, I had so much shame and sharing my story. And it was kind of like hush-hush and only my friends knew about it. But there's so much to be learned from this. And from our journeys, we know that there's lots of other women or men going through the same things, right? You know, it's just... Get right into the heart of this. Okay, you left your husband um, just recently. Yeah, it's been, actually it's been a year. And it's like, what? It's been a year already. Yeah. And a lot has changed. Um, first things first, when you're in that situation, for me, I think leaving is the hardest thing to do. Because we have been together for 20 years. 20 years. So it's, yeah. it's, wow, it's like half my life, almost. And 
Um, we've been married for 17. Yeah. So it is like a big change for me. And when you're in that situation, it's like, is this for real? Is this happening to me? Like you see it happen around you, and but it's like, am I in a dream? Am I in a nightmare? Like, yes. why has it come to this when I thought I would be married forever? I would be married to I'm a dollar. Isn't that the hardest? I mean, the hard for me, it was like, I said forever. And I said it twice. Oh my God. Oh my God. Do I even believe it forever anymore? Keep that promise because you made a vow. But somewhere, you know, along that journey, it's like, wait, things change. Things aren't right. People change. People and I think change. Yeah. That's one of the major issues because it takes two. A marriage is always two people. And we change. I mean, I was 17 years old when I got married. So it's like looking at myself then, I'm so different. Yes. You know, even your, um, I don't know, your beliefs. I mean, your, even the way that you see yourself. Yeah. I'm not the timid girl anymore. I will stand up to, you know, um, this is not right. And I will voice it out. Before I just be like, okay, I'll just take it in. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll take it in. You know, I think women take in so much. They do. But sometimes, wait a minute, why? Yeah. Why? Because I think culturally for us too, um, that's how we're raised, especially yeah. in the Philippines, mm -hmm. right? That it's our duty. It's our... To be the perfect wife. To be the perfect wife, the perfect mom, the yeah. perfect everything. And it's a lot of pressure. And... You don't even know who you, you are, are anymore. anymore. And, you know, speaking of, like, my first marriage aside, I was really young, um, like you. And, and it was very fast. I actually didn't know the man very, very well. And um, so just moving on, I would say, to my real marriage, which was my ex-husband, who's the father of my two children. Um, you know, it just came to the point where I looked in the mirror and who is this person? I have no idea. Right? I didn't dress the same. I didn't look the same. I didn't have the same values. I hated myself. And I couldn't really blame him because, and I think for a lot of my um, therapy after, because this is really where I got deep into therapy, deep into wellness, and deep in, into digging into my psyche. What do I have patterns? What am I doing? like wrong? Am I yeah. going to forever keep doing this? I yeah. want to fix myself before I move forward. And one of the things I realized, what I was so angry about, and it wasn't anger at my ex. I was directing the anger at my ex, but I was really angry at myself for giving up my power and for giving myself up. And it's so hard. Yeah. It's and so especially hard. because when you are ready to walk out of the marriage, it's like, it's like you're ready to jump off a cliff. That's how it feels. It's like, okay, here it goes. And because even to make that decision, it's like, wow, you got to think of so many things. You're thinking about what your families will say, what your kids, yeah. how it will affect your kids. How will it affect how your kids? How about this, like the people around? It's like, why do I have to explain myself when, you know, these are the thoughts that came into my head. It's like, but wait, why do I need to explain myself when it's my life? Am I... I'm the only one sleeping yeah. and waking up next to the same person every day. I'm the one dealing with our problems privately. And no one else knows but you guys. Yes. No one so, else yeah. knows the extent. And I think there's also, at least for me, yeah. um, I would really hide what was going on. Yeah. Because 
you're hoping to fix it, right? And, and I think from what I gathered with speaking to lawyers and psychiatrists and all of that is like, women take a really long time to get to that decision. Yeah. But when they do, it's, it's done. It's yeah. final, right? Like yeah. it, it really takes a long time. And when you get there, you're there. There's mm -hmm. no walking back. So let's dig deeper into your turning point. What was the turning point for you? So like you, it's like, I can't live like this anymore. It's like, wasn't sleeping. I felt so unhappy. I felt so alone. And I'm like, wait, I have my life to live. Why does it have to be that way? And I couldn't handle it anymore. And, you know, I get asked a lot from even people on Instagram. And um, they asked me, like, when do you know when it's time to leave? And it's so hard to answer that question because there are so many factors. But all I can say is only you will know. Because the fact that you're asking already means yeah. you still have so many questions. You got to sort that out in your head. And it has to be your decision. No one can answer that question for you. You have to know deep inside your heart, okay, I'm ready to do this. Because it is a commitment also yeah. to, to really stand up and say, okay, I'm ready to leave. Because this is no joke. This is life-changing. And, and not just for you, yeah, for everybody kids, else. Especially, yeah, you know? It affects so many people, so right? So many people. And um, what, what uh, was the... Yeah, no, so, so what was the turning point? Uh, yeah. So the turning point was that. was like, I have had enough. I need space. I need a break. And I need to do what's right for me. It's like... Enough of, I had to shut out everyone's opinion, literally. And usually me, I am the type of person who will always consider others first. What's convenient for them? What's convenient for my husband? What's convenient for the kids? And I'm like, wait, I was living my life that whole, the whole, I mean, the I'm whole like time this. like this. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, why? And I go, how about me this time? So that was my turning point. And I was, I felt like we were going around in circles. And nothing was being resolved. It's like, it's just a cycle. And I was yeah. like, enough of that. I wanted change. I wanted something new. I wanted to be happy. I wanted things to be healthy again. You know, like a woman will know when it's not right. It's anymore. not right. You, yeah. know, you have that strong intuition. And I think women really should focus on that. Because yeah. usually we're always right. <laughs> we are. We have to connect to our divine feminine energy because you know what? that intuition is correct. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, I realized one day that I was doing it all alone. And, you know, I will say this now with hindsight, with it's been four years, almost five um, years, yeah, four years, um, that, you know, we've been separated and going through the process of annulment and stuff. We'll talk about that later. But, you know, in hindsight, I think I put a lot of blame on my ex but really with the sort of therapy work that I've been doing, I really just blame myself mm -hmm. for letting things get out of hand and yeah. sort of just keep on taking on and taking on yeah. and taking on in my back. And then also kind of like allowing things to happen and not setting the boundaries yeah. sooner and sooner until you're just like tapped out. I and then then he's a different person and you're a different person. And then you just, for me, it was like, wait, now I'm like, I'm doing everything. I'm the one providing, I'm the one going to school. I'm, the, I'm doing everything, but 
do you bring value to my life in any way, even if it's yeah. just emotional? That's and a good question. I read, right? It's yeah. like I had to ask myself, like, what's your value here? Because you can still be a good father if you wish yeah. to be. We don't have to be married for that, right? But in, you know, and, and I really felt that it was just time to be alone and, and, that I just, you know, obviously it's hard, right? Yeah, Because exactly. you're with this person for so long and you want to keep the family together. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's tough. I know. It's, do you feel sometimes, or did you feel that you're sometimes an enabler? Like, of course. Oh, it's like, wait, if I had just addressed this sooner, yeah. then it wouldn't have created so much, you know, that, like such a big problem. Like, you know, but then again, we only learn this as we go along. Yeah. There's no, you know, even if there are books to read about it, it's like, ah, oh, but when you're in that, when you're actually there, yeah, it's so different. It it's is. so different when you're in that position of like a re, like a, a bad or failing marriage rather than looking at it from an outside yeah. point of view. I never thought that it was this hard. No, it's hard. And no joke. It is hard. But you know what? I, I really really believe that you know people go through transformations in their life i'm sorry to say this guys but the notion of forever and ever is only with yourself <laughs> it really is because you know you can try yeah and do your best and i believe that you can have a lifelong healthy relationship Mm -hmm. But it's not because you make a vow yeah, in church or in city true. hall or whatever. It's because you are both consistently working at being the best versions every of yourself day. every day. Every so day you can be the best version for each other, yeah. right? It really, yeah. it really matters. Mm -hmm. So was there anything major holding you back from your decision? Of course. I mean, it really, like I said earlier, it really is the family. It's like, wait am I really breaking this family apart? You see, somehow the guilt really comes in. And even if you want to do things for yourself, you can't help it. You're a mother. You think yeah. about that. It's like, how will it affect my kids? But there is, there, you come to a point where it's like, wait, I have to make this decision because if not, it will have the negative the effect, effect on them. It's if worse. If you carry it on. You know, they want to have... They want to see you happy. I'm sure every yes. child wants to see their own parents happy. And I never thought that it would come. But now, like, you know, it's been a year and they see how good we are. Things have turned around. Um, you know, we have become better individuals. And I really believe that if that didn't happen, we would be stuck in the same rut, probably fighting and really like getting toxic. Yeah. And to have that toxicity you know, in your household and your kids see and hear that. That's that worse. It's worse, guys. Exactly. It's worse. I think it's worse. Like, I have so many friends whose, you know, parents are very old school and stay together forever, but actually live separate lives with, like, mistresses yeah. and, and boyfriends and whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, guys, why don't you just get a divorce and live your own lives, right? Yeah. And, you know, more than anything, children flourish in a space of joy. Children flourish in a home of love. Yeah. They don't flourish in just like because there's mommy and daddy. Yeah. You need to be in a home of love. I mean, it's like, 
you know, children who are orphaned, they live with their grandparents or they yeah. live with a village of people who support them. It doesn't matter. Family is about love, is about joy, and that's where children really flourish. And that can be in two separate households. Yeah. That can be, so, you know, it can take so many shapes and forms. And, you know, with modern families out there, guys, like my kids have friends who have two dads. <laughs> That's true. Right? Or, I'm saying or just one mom because she yeah. had a sperm donor and That's she's a true. totally single mom and they have no dad. And so, you know, I think today people's concept of what family is, well, family is about love. Mm -hmm. And if you are in a toxic environment, then you're not harboring, creating a space of love for exactly. your kids. And, and your kids have won't that feel space. safe. Yeah. You know, of course, there are adjustments yeah. and a lot of heartache also yeah. during the transition. I think the transition is always a hard time, but, you know, um, you learn from it. And even your children's character, you'll see that they will grow. Honestly, yeah. they, they grow up so fast, you know, um, but it also depends on how you... Um, walk with them during this journey because they also discover a lot of things about themselves and they learn to appreciate also um, each parent separately and individually. And I feel like with us, our relationship as parent and child also, you know, both ways, my husband and kids, me and the kids, we really actually have improved because it, now it's like they're extra, extra special. It's really becomes more precious because also of the the time sharing that we yes. have, the co-parenting life. Well, you're very no. lucky because I don't necessarily share that situation, right? So it's, I think it's amazing that you and your ex have been able to have a really positive co-parenting situation so soon after. Too, I know, right? I thought um, it would never happen, yeah. but um, I think when you're both willing to put in the work, um, it really does amazing things. And I th this seemed impossible. Just yeah. looking at my life last year, it was war. Yeah. It was like literally we could not have a decent conversation. It was just blah, 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 and, and nothing. I thought, wow, good luck to my life and yeah. my future. But, you know, magically and through prayer and a miracle, um, we're able to find the balance of co-parenting, which is, I feel it's like level three now. So I was like level one hard, then level two, and then level three. It's like, wait, it's like forever transitioning and evolving. But right now, this is what works for us. And like, like leaving, I had to shut out all opinions. I'm like, okay, because parents, I mean, you know, family, friends, they also get involved somehow because of course, people get yeah, they have their opinions. Yeah. Of their, they want to protect you yes, and all or the of that. kids or whatever. Yeah, but in the end, it's it only is, about the two of you. Yeah, exactly. Really. And quite literally, only about you making those decisions for for you first. Yeah, right. I mean, unfortunately, my situation's not quite the same. Mm -hmm. Like we're in a detente. Let's put it that way. I, I wish we could be in a friendlier space and a more communicative space. But that's okay. I respect that he's not yet there in that journey. But I also respect that he respects our civility and our space. Um, but, you know, I think the number one rule is even when things were kind of explosive with us in the beginning and difficult, we both committed to not 
cascading negative thoughts yes. and energy to the to kids. The kids. Always. And number one. Because one time, yes. like, the kids came back home and he had said some bad stuff and I called him up and I was like, they're not our therapists. Mm -hmm. That's not their job to listen to our issues. You want to say those things, say it to my face. Don't yeah. say it to them. They don't need to hear it. Yeah. Right? And then since then, he respected it and... It's really serviceable. And no matter how, like, if, if he does something that, like, kind of annoys me or whatever, uh, I yeah. never say it to the kids. Yeah. Because that's their, they have their own relationship yeah, with him. Exactly. Right? So I think because of that, my children are, you know, really flourishing. My boys are so happy. And they are really in a home full of love. And they have so much support. And people in their lives have stepped up also as like close male role models in their life and taken on like other sort of that dad role as well. And so I'm very grateful for, you know, all those people who are around me who, and you'll be surprised, right? Yeah. Like all the people who come in and, and support the family and the love. So it's very important that you stick by your decision because when you're happy, then that's only when you can radiate love and joy to everybody else, exactly. right? So let's talk about something a little bit more difficult, right? So what is the lowest point for you? Like rock bottom. And like, how did you feel? And what got you out of it, you know? Yeah, wow. Rock bottom, wow. I remember those days so well because it's like, it was the time when no one knew and you were you battle you battle with the thoughts with with everything by yourself because you feel like no one will believe you. I I felt that I felt that because everyone saw us as a happy couple, as you know, perfect, picture ever. perfect. Yeah, yeah, you know, because through the years that was really what we were. But somehow things changed, and I just felt so alone, and I would cry the whole day, at night, no sleep. And it was just like a silent battle that I know so many are actually going through. And what I did was like, I really turned to, you know, my pastors and therapy because I felt like I needed to get myself in check because I'm like, wait, I can't do this alone. And I really like, like my prayers also changed. It was more like I needed help. Like, I felt like I was in a black hole and I was like, I can't anymore. And I had to surrender everything to God because I needed a strength that I couldn't explain. I was like, okay, I give up. And it's at that point where I'm like, I give up. And when you're there, it's like, there's nowhere else but up, you know? And I really think it's the people around. It's my girlfriends. Oh my gosh, you were there for me. And I... And it's really that that cry of help because you cannot live this life alone. And really, the people around you really um, are lifesavers. You know, it's it's funny, right? Because it's so hard to ask for help. It is. It's so hard. Yeah. Um, my lowest point was really like I remember standing in front of the ocean on a family holiday. And the waves were so, so big. We, we had gone to Bali and the waves were so, so big. And for the first time in my life, I kind of stared at it and was like, okay lang if I drown. Oh, you know, like me, like, 
I actually get teary thinking about it, but it was like, I feel like I've caused so much pain and hurt and destruction that maybe it's better if I'm not on this planet, right? Like, and just, there really are dark just sometimes, huh? Yes, like stood there and I felt the waves like, of the ocean like crashing over me and it yeah. was like maybe this it, everyone would just be happier if I was gone yeah. because you know my decisions had like just caused so much pain and so much hurt that like just be better you know and you know it was really funny because I didn't know he was there and and my dad while I was walking the beach and like saw me and was like hey what are you doing guardian angel oh, you know like and kind of snapped me out of it yeah and then i saw my kids kind of like running in the beach oh. and i'm like oh, i gotta oh, get through yeah, this yeah. and i gotta trust that this was the right decision because i need to be there for them yeah. you know i need to be there for them and not just be there be the best me mm-hmm. for them and it's not it's not this yeah. it's not because I think also, like, I I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was really going through a tough time in my marriage, I turned to a lot of drinking, a lot of partying and going out. And, like, and also it was easier because my kids were still younger. So, I'm like, okay, they go to bed at 7 p.m., go out and party. And so what looked like a very joyful life because I was going out and celebrating, it was all a mask. That's when no one could understand what I was going through internally because they thought, like, it was fine. You know, like, what? You're, like, dancing, partying there. But it's really, like, an escape, which is also why, like, now I'm, like, exploring, like, moderate sobriety because just I wanted to be happy without needing anything, mm-hmm. right? And and it just, you just want to be happy just doing nothing yeah. and that you can love yourself, right? right? And it just got to that space where I wasn't there. And you're absolutely right. That's when I started therapy. Right after that incident, I'm like, I need to find out what is wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And if I ever get into a relationship in the future, I don't want to have the same patterns. I don't want to have the same issues. I, I still do believe in forever and forever. But that's not going to happen until I fix the most important relationship, which yeah. is with myself. Mm-hmm. And right? that's also one question I kept asking yeah. myself because... I was made to believe that there was something wrong with me. It was, I always felt that everything was my fault. And it's like, why is it my fault? And I really, really believed that. And when I got into therapy, I realized, wait, maybe it's not just me. Maybe because I really wanted to check what it was so I could fix it. You know, we always want to make sure that things are fixed. And when I got into therapy, I realized, wait a minute, like I'm discovering things that weren't and that weren't healthy. There were health unhealthy patterns yeah. that, you know, were happening in my life and words that we were being fed to me that, oh, it's not true. That's not me. Because I would always question. Yeah. And I needed to keep myself in check. And I think when you have that mindset, you always want to be the best version. You always want to be a better person. I think that's a good sign because yeah. you are willing to change yourself, yeah. you know, and continually evolve to be better. Yes. Okay. And you know what? Contrary to the name therapy, therapy mm-hmm. is not therapeutic. Yes. <laughs> 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 
This is where you, where everything is brought up. All the yeah. things that you were trying to hide, all your issues, yeah, that you're trying to put down, suppress memories. Then it's like, yeah. oh, why? Like it comes out, and and it really is freeing because when you know, like it's hard, but in the end, it's like I needed that. I need yeah. to face all the issues and trauma yeah. and problems because that's the only way to get over that. Only way to release it. Yeah. Because you can't release something that you don't know is there. Exactly. It's just this really ugly monster inside of you that's like, you know, you got to look at your shadow. Yeah. And As your inner words. Yeah. You know, it's awful. Sugar coating. <laughs> it's awful. It's like, oh my gosh, all this trauma. And then, and then when you see it and you can process it yeah. and let it go. And then sometimes you'll get triggered and then you can recognize a trigger yes. and be like, that is so oh, important. I'm not like that anymore. It's okay. Yeah. Right? And before I used to always be like, let's say when you, of course, this happens when you're, you know, when you're breaking up, right? You have exchange of text messages and it becomes really hurtful words and you say the worst things. But now it's like, you know how to pause and be like, okay, this is not going anywhere. I am going to be like, okay, let's talk later. Like when you're more calm. Yeah. Let's get back to it. Like, you know, before, because it's like, you just want to say what you want. But now there's more self-control. And, and you, um, you know, in exchange, become a better person. And it changes everything. Everything, everything. about you. Everything. The way you see, like, the way yeah. you respond to situations. Before, I would panic. Like, oh, I don't know what to do. But now it's like, no, this is happening for a reason. Now, how can I move yeah forward and fix this in a more peaceful and calm Correct. way without causing any tension. So you be the change, you know, you're not waiting on someone to make the change. You be the change because it, in the end, it's how you face it. It's your decision. Yes. It's your life. And in the end, it will follow. The people For around sure. you will respond to you differently as well. So I really 100% believe this. Um, I don't know if you guys out there have heard of Victor Frankl. He's the father of logotherapy. And, you know, he was sent to a concentration camp and he's a Holocaust survivor. Mm -hmm. And he actually came up with a study that was post-World War II, post-Holocaust. And he studied all the Holocaust survivors and said that there were only two types of survivors. Those who were so sad and disappointed and just felt like there was nothing to live for. Mm -hmm. And those who said, I'm going to live my life to the fullest. And he realized that there was only one true human freedom. And that is our freedom to choose how we react to any situation. Oh, yeah. Because nothing is in our control. Yeah. Except nothing. our own reactions, our own emotions, mm -hmm. and our actions. Right? Mm -hmm. So, and that really was empowering for me. I read so much. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know to think that yes you can be faced with the same stressful uh sad situation but react to it differently and that's really empowering you know yeah. um okay some of the things right now we can't change yeah which is the process of leaving a marriage is very difficult right um how, how has that been for you like I mean, there's really only a few recourses in this country. There's legal separation and there's annulment. And it's, and I'm, guys, I'm going to make it clear. This has nothing to do with your religious beliefs. Yeah. It's not about a religious marriage. Yeah. Everyone has the right to choose the path that they want. 
Mm -hmm. um, this is solely marriage as a civil institution. Mm -hmm. So here in the Philippines, there's no divorce. I know. It's very difficult, yeah. right? Yeah, and I mean, I heard earlier that we are practically the only country that yes. does not have it. Um, it is the only country. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think Malta just instated it, and we are quite literally the only country left except the Vatican City. I know, and actually, yeah. I got shocked to find out that, you know, like, we hear about it all the time, annulment, divorce, yeah. and, you know, people are stuck with it for 10 years, whatever. But I realized because it's so difficult, one has to prove that one is crazy. But what if that is not the only reason why? There can be so many other issues like abuse, physically mm -hmm. being physically abused, um, being emotionally and verbally abused. And there's marital there's rape, guys. Yes, I mean, exactly. I'm going to say it out there. There are women I there. I did not even know that. Yeah, recently. Well, you get raped by your husband. Exactly. Yes, it happens. And it's sad. Mm -hmm. And there are, and I'm not just saying women. Maybe there are also men who are in really difficult mm -hmm. situations too. Um, the thing is, Look, the average annulment costs minimum oh 250000 to do. And let's face it, most Filipinos do not have that kind of money. Mm -hmm. And I think more than anything, um, a woman with no real financial means yes. has no way to start a new life. Yeah, and because, then with kids, but, yeah, they there's no way that. because you one you can't even get a bank loan without your spouse's signature. Yeah, <laughs> you can't buy property without your That's spouse's true. signature. You cannot do anything, not even buy a car, nothing without your spouse's signature. I mean, it goes both ways. So anyone yeah. who wants to move on from their life, and I know lots of people who live separately and live separate lives, but they cannot fully move on yeah. because. It's true. How can you build a life if you keep needing this? They're saying this situation. Just kidding. No, but it's, yeah. you know, it's hopefully, you know, I know there's been some advancement in legislation, but hopefully it's something that, you know, people will consider. 53% uh, of Filipinos uh, do want it. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, it's something to talk about, yeah. right? It's hard. It's hard for a lot of women. And, you know, I think... Being in an abusive relationship is far worse than yeah, for divorce, sure. right? Yeah. Um, so what can you say to women who are going through something similar? Well, you know what? The first step really is to take a pause and look within. Um, you have to shut out everyone's voices, everyone's opinions, because there are so many people telling you what to do. You know, like typical Filipino family, you know, do this, do that, do that. But you have to take a break from all of that and look, what do I want? What do I need right here? Because if you don't have that solid voice and, you know, belief and confidence in yourself, it's like you can't make the first step and you need that. And you need to really be in tune to, um, you know, your prayer and your faith because th these are the things that really push you and allow you to move forward. And I really feel that I had, like, God's, like hand was over me because I, I felt a peace that I couldn't explain. I'm like, I'm going through the hard time, but I felt at the same time, I also felt a peace in my life. Like, hey, I'm moving in the right direction. It was always timing. It was always like, as soon as I moved out, it's like I could sleep well at night. And even that, like moving out, that's another hard decision I had to make. And I decided to move out three days before I did. I said, 
I need to look for like a condo. And I got, as soon as I viewed it, I said, okay, I'm getting it. And I just packed everything and moved in like two days. And I, I don't even know how I did it. I'm like, how did I do that? I just did it because I was just desperate to get sleep, to just have peace and like be like, that was the first time I had good sleep in a while. And, and I just stood my ground. And I think really women have to stand their ground and be like confident because when you're wavering and like iffy and you're, you can't, you know, you're yeah. still in that decision, people won't also take you seriously. You have to be like, I'm serious about this. I decided and I'm going to do it. And you do it. Yeah. And really, it has to be that strong will inside of you. If you're scared, you won't be able to make the next step. You know, it's so true about people always whispering in your ear. And, you know, you'll be surprised. Even people who are not close to you. I was at a work event and a lady that I work with um, quite often who's older, I call her Tita, pulled me aside in the middle of a work event and was like, Stephanie, what are you doing with your life? Didn't you already leave another <gasps> husband? And you have like oh. leaving another husband again? Oh. Does you have like negative patterns? Judgment. <laughs> Excuse me, woman. Like, okay, I have a lot of respect for you. But yeah. at the end of the day, this is my life. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. And taking pause. And so the best thing that actually happened to me and like the silver I wouldn't say best thing but the silver lining of the pandemic was I found myself totally isolated mm. and I was alone with my children and I had a lot of time to think and to work on myself yeah. and it you're right it is the best thing and what my greatest realization is love yourself yeah because you know what you will only have the kind of relationship that you feel you deserve, mm -hmm. right? That all your relationships with people, whether that's friendship or family or your, your partner or even your children will reflect on your yeah. own self-love and self-value, right? So if you value yourself and you love yourself, then you will demand mm. from the people around you what kind of relationship respect and love that you feel you deserve and so take stock of that and if you know one of the questions I had to ask myself if I had a daughter or if my child mm -hmm. was going through the same thing but what advice would I give them yeah. what, right what yeah. advice would I give exactly. them yeah yeah so I have a daughter and I wanted to show that it was not okay when you're going through this you have to know when to stand up for yourself and say enough and have that boundary. And I'm so, you know, I'm so proud to see her now already creating her own boundaries. And she's 19 and I'm just, you know, she can identify already patterns and stuff like that. And even with friends and people around her, with men, you know, um, because she is in the, that, that age already to date and she's like, ah, red flag. Yeah. And as early as now, she can see that. I wish I saw that you know, earlier on and had my own boundaries. I realized before, even in the 20-year marriage, I had no boundaries. Mm -hmm. It was just there. Everything yeah. is there. And now I'm just like, wait, that's not okay. Like, you have the power to say, no, this is not okay. And stand by it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Okay, so I think one last thing. I want to wrap up every episode with something tangible that, you know, people can do right now. So... Okay. 
what is one thing that you could share to people that they can change or do right now so that they can choose themselves? I think it would be to change the way you perceive things. You know, it's not always like this. There's another way to look at situations. And I put myself in other people's shoes. I think that's always one thing um, I do in my life, even with raising my kids. Like, if I were there, just how would I want to respond? Like, it's not always, because when you look at it from another person's yeah. perspective, you also change the way you react to certain, certain situations and also how you react because you want people to treat you that way, then you treat people that way. There's always like two sides. And, and I think also be compassionate for people around you. Like people are going through their own struggles. You can't always judge and say, no, do this. Like I'm going through this, but a person or a friend who is going through the same thing, I can't say I know it all yeah. because there are different situations there are so many things to consider it's not like oh you can leave because he did this there's just so many things and you have to have compassion you have to understand you can't you can't say oh this is the way to do it because i got it all figured out no that's why when people ask me when is the time to leave should i do this no i can't answer that because only you will know and you will have the power to decide when it's time or if it's time or you know so um you really can't judge and belittle also people's experiences just because you went through it. Um, people have their own journey, their own decisions, their own emotions. And I think people should be kinder to those around and just stop judging. Yeah, a little bit of kindness <laughs> goes a long, long way, right? And you know what? I'm going to wrap this up by saying it starts with yourself. Yeah. Kindness, compassion, forgiveness. For yourself and my advice is if there is one thing that you can do today um, to take that step look in the mirror and ask yourself do I like who I see and uh, do I like where I am and if the answer is no then take some time to think about it and that's it and give yourself a big hug because we all slip up in our path we are humans it's evolutionary we have our ups and downs, so we just have to start with loving ourselves and forgiving ourselves. I just wanted to share one thing. I think for me, this is something that is really so applicable. Um, I think this one actually is even better than what I said earlier. But for me, one thing really is you accept the pain. You accept the hardship. Happy, sad moments, accept it. Don't struggle. Because when life throws all these hard stuff at you, okay, I'll take it. Now, what can I do? Because when you're constantly struggling, it's like you'll never get out of it. But when you accept it as it is, okay, this hurts. This is painful. This is hard. But I will get through this day and I will move on to the next yes. day. And you take the steps slowly. Don't even look too far. Yeah. Before, you know, I was just looking at surviving the day. Like I couldn't even look at what tomorrow was. I just had to make it through the day. And I'm sure a lot of People are going through yeah. that. Like, can I even make it another day? Like, it's so hard. And life is hard. And, you know, these problems are hard. Everyone is going through some kind of hard. So really take, take a breath and accept everything as it is. Everything. Don't sugarcoat. Accept the reality. And then you slowly make the steps to move forward another day. Thank you so much, Meeks. You know, that was really wonderful. 
And I kind of want to sum it up with something I learned from a Buddhist monk in um, Bhutan. His name is Rinpoche, Kendrick Chen Rinpoche. And I spoke a lot to him over the pandemic. And one of the things that he taught me was really about embracing impermanence. Because the only thing constant in this world is change. And everything is impermanent. So whether that's happiness or hardship, joy or pain, it's all impermanent. Mm -hmm. But with impermanence, that means there's hope. Because the hard stuff will also go away. So you just have to hang in there and treat yourself with a lot of compassion and love and everybody Mm -hmm. else. All right. So if you want to invite anybody where to follow you and... You know, anything that you're promoting right now? Okay, um, so I just have Instagram, which is like my main um, platform. It's at Micaela Martinez. And I do actually have a jewelry line that I just launched with Atelier 818 Jewelry. Um, the store is located at SM Aura. And I launched a line that is called Chapters because it represents so much of this new chapter of mine. So I have, you know, personalized bracelets. Um, personalized um, charms and necklaces and fun stuff so you can also check it out on Instagram and then I'm also coming up with a community of women that I want to really you know like have like a private and groups and workshops and I am calling it my safe space PH I just created the Instagram account but I am gonna be announcing um, how it will go on later on. I just want to get women together and have a space where they can speak their mind, share their pain, and it will be a community of women. So watch out for that. Great. Thank you so much. We need more of that. Gentle, (laughs) safe spaces for everyone. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time, for giving us a safe space to be us um, and to love ourselves. So maybe the one takeaway that we have today from our talk is how important it is to choose ourselves so that we can be the best for everybody else. And that was it for today. I'm Stephanie Zabiri, and this was Soulful Feast, bite-sized information to nourish your body, mind, and spirit. <laughs>